We've got a very interesting interview, uh, so turn up your radio right now if you are someone who, let's say, uh, longevity exists in your family, or maybe it doesn't. Uh, you might find this interview to be just absolutely fascinating. Amy had sent me a message today saying, like, listen, we can get this guy on if you want. And I said, yes, because we have been absolutely digging into well, I'm, I, I don't want to bury the lead here. I, we're, let's just get into it. Dr. Thomas Pearls is with us. Um, can I call you Tom? Is that all right to just straight up call you Tom? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dr. Tom works too. <laughs> Dr. Tom. So Amy Eiler puts this article on my desk about uh, centenarians. Centenarians, am I saying that right? Absolutely. People who live over 100 years old. And every now and then you talk to someone in a family like, yeah, my grandma lived to be 106 or my grandfather died at 101. And you think to yourself, that's an incredible milestone for a human being seeing 100 years old. And you have now completed the largest and most in-depth study of its kind tracking these people, over 2,000 of them who are 100 years or older since 1995. So let's start talking about what you found in the data well, first of all, uh, the study's ongoing. It's not completed. Um, we have about, well, we have four different grants funded by the uh, National Institutes of Health to study uh, just about everything we can possibly find about not only the centenarians, but their brothers and sisters and their kids, because it really does run strongly in families. Uh, uh, this this idea of old age runs in families we used to hear, but then the scientific community wasn't so sure. But we think about half of the centenarians we enroll have a strong history of longevity. And then the other half, well, some of the brothers and sisters probably passed away from things that are readily reversible now, uh, and and we'll probably see an even higher proportion um, of people of, of this running in, in families. Now, a lot of stuff runs in families besides genes, like years of education, whether or not people smoke, diet, uh, a whole range of things. Um, and probably getting into your 90s is still mostly explained by differences in health behaviors, whether you smoke drink too much, don't get enough sleep, um, whether you eat too much meat, which I hate to say to somebody in South Dakota, where, by the way, we think there's an extra dose of centenarians. Like We keep hearing about centenarians in South Dakota, but uh, which is pretty interesting. But uh, that aside, um, you know, health behaviors explain most of the ability to get into your 90s. But once you start into above 100, then uh, genes probably play a more and more important role. By the time you're looking at people who are 110, what we call super centenarians, then genes are really, really important. It's not a few genes. It's many, many genes. What's so cool about these genes is is that they're pretty protective. It's not lacking bad genes that might predispose to something like Alzheimer's or heart disease. It's having these genes that help slow down aging and decrease your risk for aging-related diseases. Okay, so Dr. Tom, I'm hearing you talk about uh, diet and getting uh, good sleep. 
I'm not hearing a lot about, you know, strict exercise regimes. Is that a part of it? The people that we, that we, uh, one of our studies is associated with that tells us best about healthy aging and delaying or escaping aging-related diseases towards end of your life instead of having a long period of problems. Um, the study that tells us the most about this, I think, is the Seventh-day Adventist Health Study. And this is a group of people whose religion says that, you know, God's given us this fantastic gift, this amazing body, and to do bad things to it is kind of a sin. You're squandering the gift. So here's some behaviors that the religion wants wants its uh, followers to have, and those are don't smoke, don't drink, though maybe a little alcohol is okay, regular exercise, which I didn't mention before, uh, being vegetarian, and when you do eat, to eat Mm -hmm. in moderation. And then I would just add on to that um, having enough sleep. You do all those behaviors, I think that will get most people. What's amazing is we probably, on in general, have this average set of genes that should get us to a whopping 90 years old. That's about the average life expectancy of Seventh-day Adventists. That's like 10 years longer than the rest of America. And it's really just having the right health behaviors. And by having... If you're going to get to older age because of healthy behaviors, you're going to add healthy years to your life. They can't be unhealthy. People might say, why would I want to live to 90 if I'm going to have all these problems? Well, if you're getting there because of good health behaviors, the vast majority of that is going to be in good health. Is there any uh, signs in the study that point to whether you're male or female makes a difference? It makes a huge difference, uh, JJ. I'm sorry to say. Oh, so it must mean <laughs> for, for us, we're <laughs> for the yeah, guys. We're we're on the, uh, the other end. Yep, uh, women win the longevity marathon hands down. Ninety percent of centenarians are women, and only ten percent are men. Ten to fifteen percent, uh, and we don't understand that well at all. Uh, there's some. Uh, interesting evolution theories about um, how women's ability to have babies at older age drives the production or selection for these genes that help you age slowly, actually help their reproductive system age slowly. And But then that means the rest of them is aging slowly, and it allows them to have more time in their lives to have babies and therefore have more of them and pass their genes down to the younger generation, which is how you win the evolution game. And and many of the genes that are linked to having a healthy reproductive system in women are the same genes that help these centenarians get to very old age, things like DNA repair genes and genes that help combat these caustic substances called uh, free radicals and a whole slew of different variations. And so there's something about that that is probably giving women a significant advantage uh, over men. And it's really interesting. Uh, I know I'll get grief for this, but for a man to get to like 105 and older, the key is to be more like a woman. 
Hey, I mean, listen, I I don't blame you, and my wife would agree 100%. I'm positive. (laughs) So uh, we talked a lot about um, living a healthy lifestyle is a good way to get to that 90 age, and after that, it's it's more the genetics. Is there any takeaways from your study that might help extend the lifespan of all people studying, you know, these particular things that help people get over that hump? So, um... Really, I think the realistic goal of our study isn't necessarily to get a bunch of people to 100. I, I think that's going to be tough to, to do. Uh, I, much more so, these are, there are kind of a human model instead of like a mouse model or something like that. There are human model of aging exceptionally well and aging slowly and avoiding a disease, most importantly, Alzheimer's disease. And so we think by discovering the genes and the biological mechanisms that those genes control, we might be able to find another, uh, it'd be a a different way of discovering the protective genes that protect these people from Alzheimer's disease. I I just got off the phone actually this morning with a 111, almost a 112-year-old woman who's living by herself. And is in amazing shape. And she's got this 112-year-old brain, obviously, and she doesn't have Alzheimer's disease, which most people think just increases more and more with older and older age. Uh, but these people are kind of immune to it, and we want to understand how and why. That's one of the major goals of the study, not necessarily to increase lifespan, but much more health span. Dr. Tom, can we talk real quick about the life expectancy calculator? Sure. Okay, so um, so how, first of all, I want to know, anyone who ends up on this website takes this, right? They They take the time to take 10 minutes and answer these questions because we all would like to know what our life expectancy might be. Uh, the, right, and it's free. Uh, it's really an educational tool. Uh, I'm a professor of medicine at Boston University, and it's a tool that takes into account, like, the information from the Seventh-day Adventist Health Study and our study to ask about 40 questions. That sounds like a lot, but it really only takes seven minutes. It asks you all the things about your health behaviors, a few things about um you know, vaccinations uh, and screening for cancer and stuff like that. So that at the end, it spits out uh, a a general guide of what your life expectancy is and then gives you feedback about the things you're doing right and also gives you advice about maybe for your age uh, and your circumstances, you know, what vaccinations and what cancer screenings and what have you, you should be talking to your health care provider about. Um, and it will tell you, you know, damn it, you shouldn't be smoking, or maybe you need a bit more sleep, or a few other things. And it does take into account longevity in your family, which might add an extra bonus in terms of maybe getting you over the hump that you spoke about, uh, you know, starting to think about getting into your early hundreds. And you can find that at living to one hundred one zero zero dot com. I know that after the show, I'll, I'll admit I'm definitely taking uh, the the life expectancy calculator. I want to find out. And, uh, you know, we have a question here, too, that came in, Dr. Tom. Uh, this person asked, and this is very specific, but is height an issue with age? Do shorter people live longer than taller people? It's 
a great question and one that is on our minds. Uh, I think that's right. Um, and there's, you know, we actually think that there are different life expectancies for different ethnicities and races. And it is really interesting that I think the group that comes out on top with perhaps the most, the highest rate of centenarians are Japanese and folks in Hong Kong. And some of that might be height um, because they are shorter. Um, there's other aspects of their lifestyles that, you know, maybe there's less smoking in Hong Kong, for example. Uh, Japanese tend to have a more of a Mediterranean-like diet, more fish and, and, and vegetables and so on. Um, red meat's not such a good idea. Uh, though I know OB beef is really good, but, um, but, uh, there's this issue about growth hormone and growth hormone is what kids make a lot of in order to grow in height. And then at some point we start making a lot less of it, probably because if we continue to make the amount of growth hormone that we did when we were kids, we'd all get cancer and diabetes. And so there's a real good biological reason why we have less growth hormone as we get older. And, uh, and it may, there may be something to the fact that uh, shorter people make less growth hormone. That's a very simplistic possibility, and I'm sure there's more to it. Um, and, and, and there may be the possibility that places like the Netherlands that has really tall people, they actually have fewer centenarians, interestingly. So there is something to that very insightful question of your caller. Well, I can tell we're all, uh, our interest is all piqued. Uh, Dr. Thomas Pearls, professor of medicine at Boston University and the director of the university's New England Centenarian Study. If you Google this guy, you're going to find out a ton of cool stuff that you've been doing. Dr. Tom, thank you for this interesting conversation. We're going to podcast it at kfgo.com if anyone wants to li- listen back to it. And again, if you want to take that life expectancy calculator, living2100.com. We appreciate your time, Dr. Tom. Thank you so much. I really appreciated the opportunity.